Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 5 The Magical Parrots of Flambeau by E.M. Clark Read by Lexi Chapter 2 Be Prepared Buster and Nika had just exited the pirate's pub, the Bottle of Rum, and were thinking hard about the information Humberto had let slip. Quietly, they went into the night and made their way towards the rough stone steps leading down to the water. Then, they stopped dead. Two bin men were waiting, arms folded, unpleasant faces sneering at them. Papers, they demanded, holding out their black-gloved hands. Nika rummaged in her tattered coat pockets, pretending to look for their papers as she scanned the area for a way out. Unfortunately, the guards were blocking the path down to the quayside and they couldn't turn back to the bottle of rum and risk Vinicia spotting them. This looks bad, Nika muttered under her breath. Papers! Now, the guards said again, taking a threatening step towards Nika. Just as she and Buster were thinking they'd better make a run for it, something happened which changed everything. Suddenly, smoke filled the air, choking the bin men and obscuring their vision. Nika and Buster didn't wait. Under cover of the smoky air, they slipped past the guards and down the stone steps, leaving the men to yell and stumble in confusion. As they reached the bottom of the steps, they stopped again, horrified to see someone waiting for them. Elementary, came a voice from the shadowy figure ahead of them. My dear Watson, Nika and Buster breathed with relief, and the shadow took a step forward, materialising into a tall young man who held his hand out with a grin. Philippe Galliard, I'm a friend of the sleuths. They told me to look out for you. Nika and Buster shook his hand warmly. We are the Lianas, Philippe explained, part of the Defiance Against Barbosa resistance group here in Frenchtown. We're always about, just in case we can come to the aid of anyone working against Igor and those pesky pirates. Buster grinned at him. You came at just the right time, he observed. Yes, agreed Philippe, but it won't do to hang around. Those bin men'll be furious you gave them the slip. Come on. And without further ado, Philippe led them along the stone path by the dark water. They soon reached the spot where Buster and Nika had moored their rowing boat. Philippe leaned towards them and spoke in a whisper. There's lots happening here. I have plenty of intel for the sleuths. I've also decided on a meeting place for when the sleuths arrive. We have diversions planned. But now I must be off, as must you. They saluted each other and Philippe pushed them off from the quay. Nika and Buster rowed out into the dark sea and back to the Challenger, with much to think about. Miles away, Captain Jet Wheeler was preparing his ship, the Golden Ram, for a journey north to Frenchtown. Zelly and Zav's father, Professor Raoul Sinclair, and his son, Albie, were manufacturing as many of their new inventions as they could for the trip. 
Usually, the family communicated by using their magical parrots of flambeau. Unfortunately, they could no longer operate due to attacks on them by Igor's large white birds, the cause, and some nasty spells cast by the evil Countess Rosina Contuti. This meant that the inventions were more important than ever and could be vital in the fight against Igor and his cronies. In order to copy them, they were using the professor's latest invention, something he called a replicator. This machine copied any existing object and had sped up the manufacture of the devices immensely. We live in stirring times, declared Zelly as the sleuths boarded the ship. I can't wait to get back to Frenchtown and the north. Nika said she has a plan for us, added Zav. I can't wait to work with her again. And Philippe and the Lianas, added their friend Milo. Ahoy! came a cry from the gangplank, and the children turned to see Sam and Sophie Arden, their cousins, coming aboard the Golden Ram. Now we're all together, our adventures can really begin, announced Sophie. The Golden Ram sped north under a midnight sky of spangled stars. The children sang sea shanties and read aloud from one of their precious old books, The Odyssey, which told of the adventures of a great hero and the monsters he met on his journey. For each meal they would eat dried meat with beans and peas, along with a ship's biscuit off square wooden plates. They were made of wood to stop them breaking during any storms at sea, and they were square in shape to help with storage. There wasn't much room on board ship. Three square meals a day, the sleuths declared as they swallowed down lime juice. Water didn't stay fresh for very long in the heat on board and became scummy and horrible. One of the things the children liked the best was being able to drink cold, fresh water once they were on land again. In next to no time at all, they were approaching Frenchtown. They made for Ile Grande, the island off the coast where Nika was based, and to their delight, Philippe was there too. The sleuths got straight down to business. Do you know exactly where the enemy is? Sam asked Nika. Mudtown, she replied. They're planning to block the way upriver. The sleuths frowned. Mudtown was a creepy, abandoned island in the middle of the Great River, where their friend Princess Rachenda had once been imprisoned. In the past, it had been a quarantine island to stop people who were sick infecting all the local people, and now it had a sad and frightening feel to it. And there's something else, Nika continued, a serious expression on her face. The Black Cross gang are here too. Oh, of course they are, cried Zav. We're always crossing paths with those rascally pirates, added Milo. But we usually get the better of them in the end, grinned Sam. It might be more difficult without Anna and Demaria to help, though, said Sophie quietly. Anna and Demaria were Zellie and Sophie's magical parrots, and they had been very useful spies in the past. But now, what with the core attacks and the Countess Rosina's evil spells... The parrots couldn't help the sleuths. They simply sat, quietly, on Zelie and Sophie's shoulders, unable to speak. We need to try and stop the cause, and the countess, said Zelie. We must find a way to get the parrots of Flambeau their power back. I think we need to go to the parrots' home in the Enchanted Valley, said Sophie. Ma was telling me about it. 
I think that's the only place which will help to restore their power. But the Enchanted Valley's up river, said Milo, right past Mudtown, where the pirates and Igor are blocking the way. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the Countess Rosina's doing too, frowned Zelly. She'll do anything to stop us using the magic of the parrots of Flambeau. So we must fight back, declared Sam. It's quite simple. But how will we get there? asked Sophie. We need to find a way to send the pirates off on a wild goose chase, said Philippe thoughtfully. If we can get them out of the way, I'm confident I can get you guys upriver to the home of the parrots of Flambeau. Well, we can't use the parrots to create a diversion, as there's an obscurity spell over the city, mused Zelly. Anna can't see or hear anything, poor thing. And she gave the vivid green parrot on her shoulder a little pat. And Rafa's no use, as there are no trees in Frenchtown for him to hide in, added Zav, giving Rafa the Mariki monkey a pat. Well, it'll have to be one of us, said Milo. We need a spy to give the pirates false information, said Philippe. I would volunteer myself, but I'm too well known around here as a member of the resistance and it would be too dangerous. I'll go, said Sam. I'll pretend I've just come from Igor in Mudtown and pass them some false intel. Philippe, you can drop me off and keep watch to protect me from any bin men who might be hanging around. Got it, agreed Philippe. Can you help me with a disguise? Sam asked Nika, hopefully. Nika grinned and beckoned him below decks where she and Buster set to work transforming him. The sleuths did not recognise Sam when he returned. He looked years older and very rough around the edges. His skin was dusty and his teeth looked yellowed and cracked. His hair had the texture of dirty straw and his clothes were filthy. Buster had tied a pirate bandana around his head in such a way as to change the shape of his face and he held his arm awkwardly in a sling as if he'd just been in a fight. Sam had gone through a growth spurt recently and was now as tall as most men so he would fit in easily among the other young pirates and sailors. You look like you've had a run-in with dear Humberto's club, grinned Zav, pointing at Sam's arm in its sling. Be careful, said Sophie. Remember, it's not just the pirates who are a danger. Beware of Ferenc and Festia as well as the Count and Countess. Ferenc and Festia were the brother-in-law and sister of Countess Rosina Contuti, and they were renowned for their cruelty. They had been kept locked away on the prison island of Isla Diabolo, but had managed to escape with Prince Igor and join forces with the Contutis. Zelie and Sophie had run into Ferenc and Festia when they went to rescue Professor Raoul, who had been captured by them. The girls were not anxious to repeat the experience. At least the talker listener is now perfected, said Zav. We've brought some with us so we can communicate without the parrots. Plus we have portable illuminators, added Milo. Look. And he handed one to Philippe. This is cool, said Philippe, gazing in admiration at the device. You press this to turn it on and then this to speak, Zelly explained, pointing to the buttons on the talker listener. Suddenly there was a sharp in the distance and the sleuths flinched. I see the cores are still patrolling, said Milo, training his spyglass on the huge white birds circling in the distance above Frenchtown. Zelly shuddered. They're deadly supporters of Prince Igor and Count Zuto, said Philippe, 
scanning the blue sky for the creatures. They're his spies in the air. The people are very afraid of them, and they attack parrots of flambeau every time they fly. We just have to get the magic of flambeau working again, said Sophie. I'd better get going then, replied Sam. They all hugged, and Sam climbed into Philippe's boat, the explorer, disguised and ready to try and trick the Black Cross gang. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 3, Fooling the Pirates. Want to read along? Super Sleuth's Book 5, The Magical Parrots of Flombeau, is available now on Kindle. Help other people find the sleuths by sharing our podcast or giving us a review. Check out our Super Sleuth Story Club on Facebook and Instagram, as well as our website, supersleuths.net, for lots of fun activities. See you next time.